I did. There was a picture of him, like he's all wet. And then he's like, my phone's in my pocket. And then I was like, to be Zach Efron's phone in his pocket. No, you didn't. Did I miss? No. You must have. Well, yeah. And I was like, no one's responding. Should I delete this? And I was like, no, I stand by this comment. Be proud. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. (laughs) That's cute. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Have you guys been listening to Kirby's Don't Worry Darling recaps? I wish that you just had another show where you broke down all the drama in Hollywood for all of us who cannot keep up. You know, I have another podcast. It's called Voice Notes to My Friends. And I literally send them like 86 (laughs) voice notes. And I'm like, who needs to know about the Don't Worry Darling drama? And they're like, me, me. And I go in and I'm like, please take a seat and open up your notebooks. Just extract the audio from your TikToks and your voice notes and then... And just make it a podcast. Yeah. Like once a week. Can you imagine every morning trying to figure that out? I don't know about you, but like I loved tuning in to like Ryan Seacrest on the way to school to listen about like what all the hot gossip was in Hollywood. You could be the new Ryan Seacrest for this next generation. I love that you are referencing Ryan Seacrest because I had Bobby Bones in Austin, Texas, which was like the Bush League version. Obviously not Bush League. It's just Austin versus like LA, you know. I know, like you got the glitzy Ryan Seacrest and we had Bobby Bones, but Bobby Bones was like integral to my upbringing. Every morning when I would get ready in my bathroom, I would turn on my boom box and like adjust it to 96.7. It was KHFI, but then it turned into KISS FM. And this is actually so funny, Sarah, because I remember for the longest time, I had no idea what Bobby Bones or any of his co-hosts look like. And there are plenty of people that are listening to us that literally have no clue what we look like. Still don't know what we look like. Sarah, let's describe each other for the people listening. (laughs) I'm blonde and five foot eight. (laughs) I look just like Kim Kardashian. Like, exactly. It's like she copied her look from me. You walk down the street and people stop you all the time. They're like, Kimberly? And I'm like, gladly, gladly. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I literally learned like Michael Jackson dying September 11th from Ryan Seacrest. You learned of September 11th from Ryan Seacrest? Yes, because I woke up, you know, to the news and like they were talking about it. Oh, and y'all were behind. Y'all were behind. Oh, it's so bizarre. And I remember they were like playing Weezer, like Island in the Sun. I hope that I'm remembering this correctly. And then I just remember they were talking about it and I was like, what the fuck's happening? And then I turned the TV on. Anyways, all of that to say, you could be the next Ryan Seacrest. Okay. So we bring this up because we're really fucking worried, darling. Okay. This don't worry, darling press tour is bananas. I have never seen anything like it. I'm trying to think of like 
a movie in the past that had this much internal turmoil. And even if there was that much internal turmoil, it wasn't happening during this time of TikTok and Twitter and Instagram where it's like everything that happens, it's like in real time, right? So we're just like watching the spit gate happen and then, you know, everyone on the red carpet and their placement when they're taking these group photos, like we're just seeing it. But whereas before we'd like hear about it after, right? Yeah, we hear about it after like, oh, there was drama and like you were reading words, like you weren't like seeing a visual of it, right? So you're like, oh, you know, Nicole Kidman didn't acknowledge ex-husband Tom Cruise or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, this is just so juicy. Meanwhile, we're literally watching Florence Pugh, who's like, sorry, I can't make the press conference. I'm going to be in Budapest filming Dune 2, but I can get there for the premiere. And then, like, meanwhile, everybody's at the conference and she's walking around Venice holding an Aperol spritz and a purple Valentino number looking amazing. But you know what? I have to say. I don't know what happened behind the scenes to get her to this point, because while I do think that Florence Pugh is a force and will be like one of the great movie stars of this particular generation, I do think that she hasn't had that many like mainstream movies that like a ton of people really know her from yet. Like, yes, she did Black Widow, but like people really know her from like Little Women, Midsommar, things like that. Like I was listening to a podcast called The Town. It's all about like Hollywood and, you know, behind the scenes, exec information, stuff like that. And they were saying like Sydney Sweeney is constantly not typecast, but she does take these roles of like bitchy teenager. And she needs to have like her breakout moment. Like that's in a mainstream film aside from those types of roles. And it sounds like Madam Web is going to be that for her. Like I need a rom-com. I need a rom-com from Florence, right? I know it still doesn't quite make sense. I feel like she doesn't have the power to be a lead in a movie. I'm not doing press for this movie. Yeah, yeah, like a diva. Or like a Christian Bale type, you know, someone that's been doing this for a really long time that's like, listen, I'm only doing two things of press for this. So something must have happened behind the scenes that her agent was like, if you don't want her to do an entire tell-all for Vanity Fair of the shenanigans that happened on this set, then you are going to do whatever we say. And they're like, yeah, the only press we're doing is Venice Film Festival. Done. She's never been to Venice Film Festival. (laughs) And that's it. Maybe Olivia Wilde said something else that we are not aware of. Guys, I'm just going to be real. I don't know Olivia Wilde from Adam. I have to respect her. The men that she's dated, top tier. I mean, she was married to a literal prince for 10 years. Then she was engaged to Jason Sudeikis. Like one of the funniest men. Harry Styles, okay? So clearly she has great taste in men, but I have to wonder, like, the whole thing with Shia LaBeouf and her sending that video and calling Florence Miss Flo. That's where we knew there were problems. Everything before that was just speculation, but seeing that video and hearing the way she said Miss Flo, that's when everyone was like, okay, something's going on. And then, of course, Florence added fuel to the fire by having her whole glam squad wear Miss Flo t-shirts. Her stylist is doing, you know, captioning Instagrams. You know what I mean? There's so much. There's just so much we don't know. I want to know. I need to tell all book. Also, it's just so ridiculous because even if the movie were incredible, which we've heard reviews that it's not, nothing could ever live up to this drama. Okay, listen, like everybody involved, I think, is a great act. Like Gemma Chan, Nick Kroll's hilarious, Chris Pine, Chris Pine. The star of this moment. I haven't necessarily seen anything about this movie that makes it something I would like pay almost $20 to go see in a theater. 
literally no one is talking about what the movie's about. And thank God for the journalists on the ground there actually reviewing the movie because it sounds like a mixture of The Matrix meets Stepford Wives meets Pleasantville. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen all those movies and I'm kind of tired of this trope of like woman being blinded to atrocities of the patriarchy type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Marie Lodi watched a screener or something and she said that it felt like a long Black Mirror episode. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I, I'm going to probably watch it on streaming. I do think if it's successful in the theaters, it's the Harry Styles effect. It's his fans going out first weekend to see him because he's, he's done movies, right? But he hasn't had like a big bulky role like this. I'm really interested to see what kind of acting chops Mr. Styles has. And apparently everyone in Hollywood loves him. Hollywood thinks that he's actually talented, according to The Town, hosted by Matt Bellamy on the Ringer Podcast Network. What do they call Harry Styles fans? Harry's? Well, whatever they are, they're going to come out to see him having segs. Yeah. She doesn't like to talk about Sarah. I know. I know. Marie said that they were steamy, steamy scenes. Okay. Into it. Into it. Okay. One thing before we get into Woif, guys, we have a new look. So if you're subscribe to us, which please subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast. We decided we just need a little refresher with our faces since you guys think we look like Kim Kardashian over here. Yeah. And, you know, Christy Brinkley. (laughs) So we decided our faces would be helpful in someone was like, you're in your Polaroid picture era. I'm like, no, no, it was just that's the only picture we had. No, we literally just have never had a chance to take Professional headshots. Max Bronner, we're coming for you. It's cute though. It's really cute. It's cute, but like the vibe is not going to be like Polaroid picture moment. Like it's not. We just, that's the only photo we had recently of us together. And it's cute. And it's cute. So um, we do have a new look. I will say our old logo, I loved it so much, but like because it was, you know, the blue and the orange, it was really easy to see. But we wanted our faces in there. It's time for y'all to get to know us. All right, let's wife it up. We got a double wife. Okay, so it's a double wife, but we want to start experimenting because wife has evolved. And by the way, I love it when y'all join the Facebook group and you're like, you know, I'm, we ask you, what's on your blank? And y'all are like, wife, but some of y'all literally spell it um, how it sounds phonetically. So W O I F <laughs> instead of the acronym. <laughs> you're like, wife. I'm like, love it. Absolutely love it. So we decided that. There are several big launches that happen, and a lot of you come to us wanting to know if you're going to like it, if we've tried it, and I think it benefits the listeners to have both of our opinions on the same product, which we do from time to time, but we've never made it like a concerted effort. So we're going to try this where maybe once a month, maybe more, we talk about a big launch and give our perspective on it together. So that's one of those episodes, and it is about the highly anticipated House Labs by Lady Gaga Triclone Skin Tech Medium Coverage Foundation. It's a foundation from the future, guys. It doesn't sound so like, I mean, high tech, it's got skin tech in it. But yes, really excited about this. This is a huge launch for House Labs. This is a huge launch. I would argue it's probably their biggest launch of their entire existence. And, you know, Sarah and I have been critical of House Labs um, in the past. We were a little confused by the rebrand. 
we just wanted more from them. You know, we knew the potential and obviously they did too, because they did this whole rebrand. Yes. And I have to say that I think now seeing this rebrand and the products that they're coming out with, like, this is what I like as a beauty journalist. Like I like the Atomic Shake product, that lip product. Yes. I know that Give Beauty has a similar one and so does Urban Decay. And so do brands like Maybelline and NYX, you know, but that particular like formulaic technology, the one step shake situation, that's really interesting and innovative to me. And that's not me saying that. That's not Sarah saying that. That's like just in general, like formulators, that type of formula is innovative for current day. So I was excited about that. So now they have this foundation. This is the first coverage product that House Lab has, has ever launched in their lifespan. Since they were established in 2019, they have never had a face coverage product. And Sarah, this is giving me La Mer vibes, this packaging. I know it's really pretty. It is like a frosted, they call it high fashion glass bottle, which can be recycled. And then they said it can be upcycled into a bud face. But let's talk about what kind of foundation this is. So as we all know, the rebrand of House Lab's it was all about being like clean, quote unquote, formulations, like clean artistry. Mm-hmm. So this is a clean, weightless, buildable medium coverage foundation with proprietary patent pending fermented Arnica and some other, you know, skincare ingredients, 20 plus others. And it's supposed to give you a natural second skin luminous finish. I personally agree. It does look like a second skin. It does. I think when you think of Lady Gaga, you just immediately assume like heavy full coverage stage makeup, which I'm sure that you could get to like, you know, obviously full coverage with this, but yeah, it is really a beautiful finish. It's a beautiful finish. It really does look like a second skin and it's not like a fluid. I think that's important to note. It's not a fluid. It's not super runny. I loved putting it on and just watching it melt into my skin and just kind of disappear. One thing Sarah and I both noted, though, was that they call out the fact that it's a medium coverage foundation, which I think is not necessarily something that brands boast about in the name of their product. You know, it's either like full coverage or light coverage. It's never that medium, which is interesting because I personally like to find like a medium coverage. Same. I want a medium coverage foundation and I would agree it's a medium coverage foundation I will say though, for me personally, it has like a dewy finish. It's not like super glossy. So you get this luminescence. It's like demi matte, I would say. Like it has a little bit of a luminescence to it, but it's not super dewy or glossy. But I do think this particular foundation looks better on me when I powder it. Now they did launch a powder and a powder brush, but I did not receive that. I think it looks better on me personally when I set it with the powder because not just so that it doesn't like move on the face, but because I feel like this product does kind of accentuate my pores in the areas where my pores are most prominent. That's one thing I noticed when I was doing my application and it wasn't anything that made me like bothered. I wasn't like, oh my God, this looks like my pores are huge. But I did notice that when I went in and, you know, powdered it down a little bit and set it, it looks incredible. It looks even more like a second skin. With the powder, it looks like your skin, but better. So that was my personal experience. Sarah, did you have any thoughts on your application? 
Yeah, I know we're both supposed to be dry, (laughs) but I definitely didn't feel like I needed to put powder on top of it for me personally. I really liked the finish. And I do feel like even though you said like it does have sort of that dewier finish, I feel like it's going to last on me like much longer than all of the, obviously all the skin tints I've been wearing lately, or even just some other foundations I've been wearing lately. It lasted on me. Yeah. Like you were mentioning the texture. It's not runny. It's got like a little bit of grip. Yeah. Grip. Yeah. So I really like it, but it doesn't look heavy. Yeah. And it feels like a prestige foundation, y'all. It's $45. It feels meaning holding the bottle. Like it's this glass bottle. It feels like something precious that you want to take good care of. And then also the feel on your face. It does feel like a high performance foundation. I think Sarah and I are actually like, I mean, it's not the first, but this is probably one of the first complexion products that I think we both really, really liked. Okay. So there, we do have some feedback. Yeah. Some tips, some tips. Yes. Can I say something before we get into that? I think the reason why you don't need additional coverage with this particular product is because it does contain the fermented Arnica. Now, listen, I don't know how many times we're going to say this on this podcast, probably many more after this, but we do not buy our makeup products because they have skincare benefits. Like I'm not wearing makeup to get a skincare benefit, but I do think it makes sense if there's ingredients in the product that help with alleviating redness or evening out your skin tone. The fermented Arnica is supposed to help with the redness. It's similar to the Sika and the Tiger Grass that's in Summer Fridays that helps. So you don't need the full coverage because it's already helping to take away some of those things that you're trying to cover in the first place, which I think is great. I think that's a really, really smart move. And I can only imagine how many more brands are going to come out with like skin tints or actual foundations that include things like Arnica or products that are going to alleviate that redness. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, Okay. So Sarah and I were like trying to figure out our shades, right? We're like, let's figure out our shades. And sometimes we have the same shade. Sometimes we we are the same shade, which is like hilarious. We'll just be honest about how we first got the sample. We shared our colors, our shades in other foundations, and then the team helped pick shades for us. Unfortunately, that (laughs) didn't work out for us. Wait, what, what shade did you get initially? Initially, I got 70, which was fair neutral. And just looking at the box, I was like, this is not me. This is not for me. And then when Kirby pulled hers out, I looked at it through Zoom and I was like, that's not going to match you. I was like, really? So I got sent 015 Fair Warm and I put it on and I was like a ghost. So they have 51 shades from the fairest of fair to the deepest of deep, which I love. But I do think that y'all will have to spend some time. You're either going to need to go into a Sephora and get shade matched by a professional or test it around on yourself, or you're going to have to really spend some time on the Sephora website. Let me tell you all why. Just say it. Put it all out there. (laughs) It's a very complex color shade system because they try to base it off of the science of color theory And they formulated 51 shades across six families based on the skin's pigment load. So like depth and undertones. So there's this numerical system and the higher the number, the higher the pigment load and the deeper the shades. So (laughs) Kirby used this color wheel that they provide. Yeah, it says the Triclone Foundation Shade Finder Tool, and it gives you three steps. And this is on Sephora's website, but you have to like click into the images to find it. Yes. And then 
for me personally, it really helped to look at the model's photos and then like the description of their skin tone helped me as well. So that's how I came to find that I was shade 190, which is light cool. And to be honest, I was telling Kirby, I've never been cool in my life for, for a coverage product, but it matched my skin perfectly. Maybe the other brands are wrong because they're using the science of color theory. And I've been light cool my entire life. Well, so here's the thing too. It's like they have your undertone, right? So it's like you start up the center of this wheel. There's neutral tones, golden or olive tones, and then rosy or peach tones. And then from there, you go to the second part of the wheel, which will help you identify your shade family. And then from there, you can pick a color that you think would work for you best. Although I did, so I did this. But initially I was like, I think I'm more of this number than this number. I thought I was more of like a 175. But then I looked at 175 in the the list of products and I was like, no, this is going to be entirely too light for me. 175 is light neutral, which is light with neutral peach undertones. Okay. So then I finally decided, okay, I think 210 is going to be me because I'm typically a light medium neutral in general. But this one says 210, light, medium, neutral, light, medium with neutral, soft peach undertones. Okay, when you hear things like peach, I automatically go, that's a cool shade. That's cool. And for me, I'm 190 light, cool, light with cool, golden olive undertones. Yes, I think that's the most confusing part of this launch is that it's going to be a little bit of work to figure out your actual shade. Erase what you know about other foundation shade branding and naming because it's it's different. And Sephora does have their find your shade thing where it's like if you love like an Armani foundation or even Tower 28, like Tower 28 Small Holland is a perfect tone match for me. I went in, you know, input that. Hold on, I'll just do it right now. Super easy. You go down Tower 28. And I am shade Mulholland. Where are you? There you are, 20. And actually that one, the closest match was 210, which was light, medium, neutral, which is the one that works perfectly for me. Thank God that worked. When I was going through for like 175 and stuff like that, it wasn't matching with like some of the brands that I had input. So I do think it's a little hit or miss with the find your shade, I'll be honest. But yeah, it is a little confusing. We both were able to like, we identified a shade number. House Labs was kind enough to messenger over samples to us and it was perfect for me. So I think, yeah, you just got to spend a little bit of time, look at the photos, look at the wheel, use the shade match finder. And I think Sarah too was smart to look at the models because like, I remember thinking, oh, I think this is good. And then I did go look at the model it was on. I'm like, whoa, okay, no, I'm not even close to this (laughs) shade. No, exactly, same. I was like, this is a white woman with like peach undertones. Like this is not going to work for me. Yeah. So take your time, go into a Sephora. If you do order it online, Sephora does have an amazing return policy, return it. But I do think it's worth finding the right shade and spending time on that because I do really like this foundation. It really just makes, I mean, I keep on like looking in, in the video, but like it just makes your skin so luminous. Yes. I'm looking at the early reviews on Sephora and they use the word luminous a lot. And it really is. It said like luminous silk started taking collagen pills. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Wow. That's an endorsement. You know, it's funny. Like I've been getting really excited about foundation and skin tint launches. 
as of late. Like I really, I don't know. I, I never used to get excited about it. I felt like, you know, oh God, covering my skin was like a necessary evil. I just hated it, you know, cause it's like, I have melasma. I do want to have an even skin tone, but this year has been a great year for coverage products, in my opinion. I think that people are really like they're kind of changing things up and kind of showcasing what what is out there. So I really like the marketing of this. The triclone thing, that's the wheel, right? Is that the triclone? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. The triclone thing is extremely confusing. Okay. And I do think that's just like marketing speak. But I love that they call out medium coverage. I think for me, that's what I'm excited. I'm like, yes, because all I want is medium coverage. I want I want just right coverage. Exactly. So way to go. It's available now at Sephora or houselabs.com. There's literally like millions of TikTok reviews if you want to see it or you can see it in three weeks later on Reels. But everybody is like a really, really enjoying this foundation. I have yet to see a negative review. The only uh, negative review I saw on Sephora right now is someone said that it didn't work for their like acneic skin and that it made them look greasy, which you mentioned that, you know, it would help to powder. But that's like the only one I saw. So, you know, Michaela from TikTok, she did a review and she has acne and it did cover, but it's not it's not like full coverage where it's like just cover, like she had to go in and like do her concealer spot treating. So just know that if you do have acne, you're going to need to go back in with some concealer. Let's get into some beauty news. Okay, this is like deeply upsetting to me. It's upsetting to everyone. We don't like it. We do not like it. It's like kind of old news by now, but we have to we have to talk about it. Yes. So Allure print edition is shuttering. That does not mean Allure in general is going away. It just means that their magazine will no longer be available starting 2023. I was just devastated to hear this news. I think I've mentioned this a thousand times on this podcast, but like Allure and my mother are the reason why I even got into beauty. I mean, what else were people reading when we were growing up to learn about beauty? I was at a lunch in Mexico City when Kirby texted me that she was about to throw up. I was like, what's going on? And then I announced it to the table of the of women that I was on this trip with, one of them who had worked for Allure. It was, yeah, we all were like super sad about it because everyone remembers, like has a special memory of an Allure magazine that they bought or that they subscribed to, or, you know, a favorite cover or a tip that they learned. It's just such a integral part in all of our lives. It's just crazy because it's like, so I was asked to comment on this for Beauty Independent. I'm reading the intro and it says news of Condé Nast's decision to cut the physical manifestation of the magazine wasn't shocking to people in the beauty and media industries. The publishing company previously axed the print editions of Glamour and Self. Hearst ended O, the Oprah magazine's print edition in 2020. And Future Media jettisoned the American print edition of Mary Claire last year. Earlier this year, Dot Dash Meredith terminated the print editions of six of its magazines, including InStyle, which that one shook me to my core. Not more than Allure, but that one really shocked me. And following the shuttering of Shape in 2021. So I'm like, what magazines besides Vogue are existing? 
Nothing. I was at CVS last night or sorry, Walgreens picking something up. And I walked by the magazine stand because I wanted to see what was left. And I did not recognize any of them. There was like a J14. And then there was like, you know, all the like specialty magazines, like issues of stuff. And, you know, there was people, but people was actually like buried. They're on their phones. They're on their phones, which is so crazy. This obviously is not surprising to many of us, especially us who work in the industry, but it is just, um, it's just sad. It's just sad. I feel like I am just like glass half full here, but I really truly think that this is cyclical and what goes around will come back around. Like people are, are obsessed with nostalgia and cassette tapes and records and things like that. And so I want to believe that maybe Allure will be resurrected at some point, or maybe some, you know, little spitfire from Gen Z will have loads of money to launch their own physical. Like I can just see in like five years, someone being like, guys, I created something so innovative. And it's like literally like a magazine. <laughs> Everyone's like, fuck my life. Here we go. But I'm hopeful. I want to believe that at some point we're going to be like, we have nothing to show. Like we already got rid of physical photos, right? Like physical photos are relics at this point. Like you have everything on your phone. If you want to print it out, you can. Like physical photos used to be so important and now they're not. And I just think at some point we're going to want something tangible to hold in our hands again, you know? No, definitely. I agree. I agree. But I am excited for the future of Allura under Jess Cruel's leadership. And they're just going to be even bigger and better on digital. They're already killing it there. They scoop everyone. They've got all the exclusives. Makes my job hard, but I I love it. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to keep doing. I agree on all fronts. It's literally a joy to work with any human being at Allure. They have made me a stronger writer. I, I am immensely grateful for the opportunity to write for them. So onward and upward, Allure. Thank you, Allure. You literally kept us in business. Okay, we have a new botulinum toxin. Maybe they heard that we were talking about botulinum toxins and now they're like, we got to get it out. We got to get it FDA approved. There's a new botulinum toxin. If you have no idea what a botulinum toxin is, it's essentially what Botox, it is what Botox is. It's what Dysport is, Juveau, Xeomin. And it is a neuromodulator that helps, you know, with lines and wrinkles on the face. And Daxify is from a company called Revance. They created the filler RHA collection, which I partnered with last year, but that is a filler that is indicated to last 12 to 15 months. So you're getting it less, there's less maintenance, but it's at a higher price point and it's more of a prestige product. So it's not available to just any injector that wants to get it. Like they kind of have to be approved to get it, which I think is a really interesting model. And so like Allergan has Botox and Juvederm. And now Revance has RHA and Daxify. Now the point of difference with Daxify, it's still botulinum toxin, but it's indicated to last six to nine months. When this news came out last week, every single dermatologist I follow was talking about it. Plastic surgeons were doing TikToks on it. Everybody was talking about it because this is such a game changer. And it did take a while to get FDA approval. I remember like they were like, would you be interested in, you know, working with us on Daxify content? 
once it's approved, I'm like, yeah. And I kept waiting for that to happen. And it did not happen within the scope of our partnership. So it took a while, but I'm getting so many questions. People want to know price point. Besides the fact that it lasts six to nine months, is there any other difference, like how it looks? Let's read the New York Times. The New York Times is getting into this, okay? That's a reputable source right there. (laughs) So it says... The new treatment is a neuromuscular blocking agent that essentially freezes wrinkles. It is also botulinum toxin, which when used as directed is not detected in the patient's bloodstream. Thank you for clarifying that, the New York Times. And it says that in studies submitted to the FDA, the treatment far exceeded the effect of a placebo with about 80% of the treatment providers seeing no or mild facial lines at four months after injection and about half seeing the effects through six months. And... It's like Zeoman's whole thing is being quote unquote pure. Daxify's entire point of difference is the fact that it's going to last longer than any other neuromodulator on the market. But does that make you nervous at all? It does. Yes. Because if you are seeing someone who does not know what they're doing. Because Botox is not like filler. Filler, you can get dissolved, right? And it's hard to get filler dissolved and it's painful to get filler dissolved. But if you hate the way your face looks, you can get filler dissolved And there's a whole conversation around like, does it fully dissolve? Even if you do get it, there's so many aspects to that. But, you know, I think everyone thought that I was just going to like jump in on Daxify like wholeheartedly because I love injectables. But I do think, you know, I've had bad Botox before, before I started seeing Dr. Sam, I've gotten injected and literally looked like I had Bell's palsy and you have to deal with it. There's nothing to fix it. And it sucks. Which is crazy to me. Like, why hasn't anyone figured out a way to undo that? I mean, I'm sure they're trying. I'm sure they're trying. I think with Daxify, the benefit is not having that maintenance. People hate having to go in every three or four months to get an injection again. But again, it is expensive, but this this will also be expensive, right? And I think also that the reason why they're only going into certain practices is because of how long it does last. I think Daxify wants to make sure that the people that are using it literally like the most professional, well-trained, because the last thing that Daxify needs is them rolling it out to every injector out there. And then people being like, my face was paralyzed for uh, 15 months or something insane. You know what I mean? Like you got to go to a Dr. Sam for this. Yes. Or a Dr. Corey Hartman or like a Dr. You know, Renella Hirsch. Those are people I know. Okay. Uh, th- that's the only reason why I'm calling them out. Right. I should, we, I should say like someone that you trust. And someone that's been injecting for a very long time. Who has, yeah, the expertise to do this. If you're asking questions and your injector is like kind of skirting around things or like not making you feel comfortable in their responses, that's a red flag to get the hell out and do not get Daxify from these people. So if you want to find out if there's a practitioner in your area or if your practitioner will be supplying this to their practice, you can go on the Daxify website. There's like a a locator there that you can check out. I think this is going to be a really interesting development. It just got FDA approved. So I'm curious if anybody's tried it. Yeah. You could be one of the first, should you want to be, I'm sure. Dr. Sam's pretty psyched and she wants to know, maybe I'll just be her guinea pig and be like, don't fuck it up, sis. A little bit. Don't fuck it up. Okay. I hate this news. So I really like the chokehold Zac Efron has on me. I love Zac Efron so much. I like leave so many thirsty comments on this Instagram. No, you don't. 
I tagged you in one recently. And I was like, I was like, no one's responding. Whatever. What you tagged um, me I just, recently? I did. There was a picture of him, like he's all wet. And then he's like, my phone's in my pocket. And then I was like, to be Zach Efron's phone in his pocket. No, you didn't. Did I miss? No. You must have. Well, yeah. And I was like, no one's responding. Should I delete this? And I was like, no, I stand by this comment. Be proud. Be proud. <laughs> Anyways, this news is so sad. Okay. So April, 2021, Zach Efron appeared in Bill Nye's Earth Day special. So cute. And then there was like a brief appearance of him in this video that went viral And there was conversation about him possibly getting plastic surgery because his jaw looked very wide. And, you know, if you've been following Zach as closely as Kirby and I have over the years, he's known for like his very chiseled jaw. So it was just like, it was, it was a lot bigger than, you know, what we we were used to seeing. And so he finally did an interview with Men's Health to address what people is calling Jawgate. It's just so sad because he said that he found out that people were talking about him possibly having plastic surgery through his mom because he's like not on social media. I mean, can you imagine being Zac Efron and being on social media? So what happened was he actually injured his face. So he hit his chin on a granite fountain and lost consciousness. And he said that, his chin bone was hanging off of his face. So in the aftermath of the injury, this is an article from BuzzFeed, other facial muscles had to overcompensate leading to his jaw looking different. Zach told Men's Health, the masseters grew, they just got really big. Which when you're like, okay, that makes sense. That's why it looks like that. He broke his freaking jaw. And then he goes on to say that, you know, he generally just like stays off social media Because if I valued what other people thought of me to the extent that they may think I do, I definitely wouldn't be able to do this work. He was seeing a physical therapist to help him recover, but he briefly stopped while in Australia where he taped season two of Down to Earth, which is his Netflix series, which if you have not watched, I highly, highly recommend. I just think it's so sad that people are just, again, so cruel. I have to admit, I was speculating on Instagram stories. I know. I think we might have talked about this. Did we? I know that I speculated about it on Instagram stories. And then I felt like I was like, nope, I'm not doing this because. Yeah. And then I like issued an apology to my Instagram followers. Like, this is not the behavior I expect from myself. And they were like, oh my God, like, thank you for doing that. Like, I thought this was so weird of you to do. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Um, Because guess what? I love Zac Efron. I would never want to be under a microscope like Zac Efron. And I think also it's important to note this man had addiction issues. He struggled with cocaine and alcohol use. And in 2014, he came out and explained that he, you know, started to become sober. I think he's now been six or seven years sober. I don't want to make any type of speculation, but this man has been through a lot. He's been through a lot. Okay. So if he fucked up his chin and had to get reconstructive surgery for it, I just think like speculating on anybody's physical appearance is just so low hanging fruit. It's like when people, the only thing they want to say, like when they criticize Donald Trump and they call him fat, I'm like, 
okay, guess what? Donald Trump is never going to see that you called him fat, but your friends that are fat are going to see that you're going after somebody for their weight. What if one of your friends was like, are you criticizing my face as much as you are Zac Efron's? Did he look different? Yes, it was a little jarring, but I still found that he was handsome. And if he did break his jaw and the masseters did grow and all that stuff, it's really like Kanye West through the wire. Like he broke his jaw. He had to wire his mouth shut. And to this day, he still has more of a full face at the bottom because when you do that type of reconstructive work, it's almost impossible for it to go back to the way it used to be. Totally. And uh, in this interview with Men's Health, he also talked about how he struggled with his body image, especially after he filmed Baywatch, which I'm sure all of us saw. And he said that Baywatch, look, I don't know if that's really attainable. There's just too little water in the skin. Like it's fake. It looks CGI'd and that required Lasix, powerful diuretics to achieve. I don't think I need to do that. I much prefer to have an extra, you know, two to 3% body fat. He actually in down to earth on his Netflix show taught, like he would mention like Baywatch and stuff. And you could tell like it was a very traumatic experience for him to like have to work on his body in that way. And it was just like, I was telling Kirby, he very much is like soul searching in this show. And you could just see it. Like you could feel it, the way that he was talking, the way he looked like, it's just, he wants to be excused from the public eye in this way, you know? And so I think we all need to just remember these celebrities are people too, okay? Yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. I love and respect Zac Efron. We are a Zac Efron supportive community as Glam Julinos. I don't care if you do not like him. You can't be Glam Julino if you don't like Zac Efron, okay? We're here to uplift our man. Yes, I literally bought the protein pancakes or waffles or whatever. <laughs> They're delicious. What kind of psychopath am I that I instantly knew when he was teasing it that it was Kodiak cakes? I was like, oh, Kodiak cakes, like hands down, like knew it. Literally was at Target. I was like, mm, I'm buy a couple of these. Guys, Kodiak cakes are literally the only waffles and pancakes and brownies that are protein based that literally actually taste good. Yeah, that don't taste like processed, weird protein flavor. Yeah, I have no idea how they did it, but literally like Kodiak cakes are it. Probably because of Zach. It's probably because of Zach. Exactly. Thank you everyone for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.